And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Time to start talking finances with Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I know it's a Friday afternoon, but it's not just any Friday afternoon. It is the Friday afternoon before the federal election. Oh. You've got to get up early tomorrow oh. morning, go to your local public school, get yourself a democracy sausage, and cast your vote to ensure the future of Australian democracy. I will not be able to sleep tonight. I'm that excited. <laughs> Oh, my oh, God. Before we get into today's <laughs> topic, just quickly, yep. both of the major parties have mm-hmm. put forward plans for assisting first home buyers mm-hmm. get into their first home. Now, the Labor Party has suggested, in fact, their plan is not just for first home buyers, but also for people who might find themselves in difficult financial circumstances after a divorce or something like that. Mm-hmm. So even if they've had a home before, they might still qualify. But the Labor plan is a shared equity scheme where if the Labor Party is the government, they will purchase uh, a 30% share in the home that you purchase if it's an existing property and up to a 40% equity share Mm -hmm. in a newly constructed property. Mm -hmm. And all they expect in return is that uh, you give the money back to them when you sell the house along with any capital growth that comes with it. Uh, But... Uh, the mm. government won't be charging you any sure, you know, any proportionate rent while you're there. You'll only be paying your share of the mortgage. This is a scheme which is capped to ten thousand people, so that would limit the impact it would have on house prices, for example. Right. Because some people have said if you increase the purchasing power of prospective buyers, that only helps to increase prices. 100%. It does nothing yep. to address Correct. the supply issues. Yep. So that's that's the plan yep. offered by Labor. Now on the other side of the ledger, you've got. The, the current government, the coalition government, who have offered uh, not to share equity but to allow you to access money from your own super fund because it is, as they say, your own money. Mm-hmm. So the, the rules of that would be it is for first-home buyers only. You could uh, take out up to uh, 40% of the purchase price or $50,000, whichever is greater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is only it is only for your first home. So when you sell that first home, you have to put the money back in your superannuation along with any capital growth that it may have experienced along the way. So right. really, in theory, the impact on your super long-term shouldn't be that difficult, you know, it shouldn't be that troublesome. Mm. But I do see one hitch if you've got to put all that money back into your super, mm. aren't you going to run into trouble rolling over into your second house? Mm. Yeah, and the other one I see there is, you know, what sort of cockamamie steam are they going to come up with tracking this? Because you've got total super balance, transfer balance cap, credits, debits, and a raft of other administrative nightmares, and now you want to go and let people... I think if we're going to continue to give every kid a ribbon... Now we're going to extend it into let's give everyone a house just because they mm-hmm. deserve it. I think you're setting a uh, you're sending a message that can get very very dangerous. And I appreciate people in some financial situations where this would help them, but it's always about it then leaking out into the masses and that sense of entitlement that I should have it and I'll use it, like the ten thousand dollars last year to help during COVID. I think the stat is something like. of the people that took it out actually needed it. The rest was used for shopping and this and that and whatever else, which was sort of confirmed by the 60-minute story that they did on, well, let's interview some people and see what they did with the 10 grand. So, you know, I think superannuation has always been the last port of protection from yourself and a view of long-term growth so that you do get to retirement age and you have something there that you haven't been able to rape and pillage. 
uh, I just think it, it's it's a very very dangerous way without either very very stringent record keeping and limits. Yeah. It's from a compounding perspective, all you'd need is the housing markets to be flat for ten years, equity markets to rally, and you'll have somebody complaining they've missed out on upside. Yeah. It won't be their fault because nobody's responsible for any decision they make these days, and everybody loves blaming someone else. So, you know, I think people just need to either work harder, get a better job, go back to school, and just grind. Like, yeah. Just grind. But it worked for hundreds of years. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. Sadly, things are a little bit trickier nowadays because mm. obviously the cost of living equation has changed somewhat. Yes, the, very cost, much so. the cost yeah. of houses yes. is just insane. Yeah. Uh, yes, interest rates have been low for a long period of time, allowing mm. people to borrow more money. That just means people are more highly geared than when the crunch does come, it's going to hurt them mm. more. Look, so, you exactly. Know. And I, I get a, that conversation with parents. You know, we've lived through 17, mm. 18 percent interest rates, and you have. Yeah, but you bought your house for $50,000. True, but I'd also <laughs> rather be in a rising interest rate environment where it goes from 17 to 18 yeah. than 25 to 35 yeah. because of the percentage increase and the impact on people's cash flow Yes, when Instagram has forced them or told them, driven them, incentivized them to show a highlight reel of their life online without people actually understanding what they've foregone to have the house, the car, the big screen TV mm. and pay for life later. At, at some point you've got to pay for it um, and, and pushing the can down the road doesn't mean that it's going to get better. And I also appreciate that people are in difficult positions yeah. and, and need help, which is, is fine, um, but the, the blanket applications of some of these bits of legislation and the tracking of them is a logistical nightmare. Mm. Well, we could spend all day talking about the housing market <laughs> and the difficulties that people are experiencing and what may or may not the proper solution to housing affordability mm. problems because uh, it's a complex issue and obviously the simplest solution about forcing prices down somehow obviously hurts people who already own an asset mm. and that's not the solution that's going to be acceptable. So we have to find something mm. that's a little bit more nuanced than that and mm. just boosting the spending power of people who are buying, that only pushes the prices further up. Exactly. So again, yeah. it needs to be more nuanced than that. There's got, there's got to be a bit more um, a bit more complexity and sophistication to whatever the solution uh, is. There is a number of different approaches that we've spoken about mm. uh, over the last uh, several months now, really, uh, at various different times on the program. But today we're here to talk about what is the superannuation work test and how does it apply to me? Well, I mm. work, so there you go. Well, and look, I think this is one that the legislation changes on the 1st of July, so it's worth people being prepared for it because, as we've just said, house prices are crazy. And this change of legislation is going to be very, very beneficial for a portion of the community that can take advantage of it. So as the legislation stands at the moment, up to age 67, you can put money into superannuation. You can claim a tax deduction. You don't have to claim a tax deduction if you don't want, but up to 67, you can basically do whatever you like in, by, by way of contribution. From 67 onwards, you need to meet what's called the work test. And that has been that you do 40 hours work in a 30-day period to be able to put money into superannuation. And that has been the case for many, many, many years. A few years back, it was applicable from 65 onwards, and then the government increased it to 67, changed that legislation, and now they have had the sign-off for the legislation to change from the 1st of July that says that people up to the age of 75 no longer need to meet the work test where you are not claiming a tax deduction for money going into super. 
So the fundamental change is 67 changes to 75. Spot on. Okay. Yeah. Everything else the same or are there other yeah. little changes? Everything, everything else pretty much stays the same. Um, when we think about these sorts of things, you need to remember that there are limits on the amount of money that you can put in. So just because you can make a contribution doesn't mean that you either have the room or you can put in what you like. So I preface this by saying you really need to check your personal situation because it can be very, very different to a sister, a brother, a co-worker, your neighbour, someone down the road, the lads at the golf course. You need to check your situation. And the reason I say that is when you put money into superannuation, there are two thresholds that we keep in mind. One is the deductible limit or concessional limit, and that's $27,500. That's the most you can put into super and claim a tax deduction. That includes your superannuation guarantee payments from your employer, which would be including salary sacrifice. Yeah. Okay. And then you have the non-concessional or no deduction limit, which is $110,000 or $330,000 in one go that then locks you out for three years. So they are the two thresholds and the two limits you need to keep in mind. On top of that, you also need to take into account your total superannuation balance. So if you get up around 1.7 mil, let's say your super's 1.6, in that last year, you could put in $100,000, okay? If you want to put in 300 and you go over that total super balance, you hit the transfer balance cap and you can't put the money in. All I'm highlighting here is it's not something you just go whirling money into super because you're now 73. One of the big advantages of this is that people do have house prices working in their favour. They have a very large value portion of their, their sort of net worth tied up in a home that doesn't produce income. And the downsizer legislation was created to be able to help people get money into superannuation Will they sell their family home, provided they meet a, a list of criteria, and that limit is $300,000. So take a $2 million house in, well, just about anywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um yeah, just around the corner from your place. You know, I know. <laughs> right. Um, you sell your house for two mil, you go and buy a smaller place for a mil, mm-hmm. and you've got a million dollars between the two of you. You could use the downsizer legislation. And then in the past, if you were over 67 and you didn't work because you've already retired, you'd have to keep that money outside of super. Now with the change of this legislation, you may have cash outside or you may have retired many years ago be currently over 67 and say, well, I'd love to get that money into super to bolster a pension, to increase the tax-free components in my account, to equalise superannuation balances. So there are a range of strategies that you can consider, but you can now get more of the home sale proceeds into superannuation from the 1st of July because the thing that prevented you, which was the work test, will be abolished and you'll be able to add capital to superannuation, which we know is a very tax-effective structure because once you start a pension, you pay zero tax on the earnings and you pay zero tax coming out to you where you're over the age of 60. So are there any other ways that uh, this will impact the way that people invest money in super now that the change will occur on the 1st of mm. July? Other impacts, other things that, yeah. will, that will be different now as a result? Great question. So... There are some very, very good strategic benefits of this. So one could be equalising the value of accounts. Let's say one person had worked uh, for the majority of their gainful employment in the same place and ended up with a pension out of Comsuper, 
okay? They've got a defined benefit pension that sees them move in excess of the transfer balance cap. Now, what that means is any money inside super where their recorded balance is more than $1.7 million, they cannot take uh, a pension out and, and have it all tax-free. They would be in, in excess and their benefits must stay in accumulation phase. With the change of this legislation, you would be able to withdraw it out of the person that's in excess's name, potentially direct it back into superannuation for a spouse and start a tax-free pension that wouldn't be tax-free in the name of the person receiving the defined benefit. You also may be able to, as we said before, add to superannuation with additional capital from the sale of an asset. It could be the family home, it could be an investment property, it could be Powerball, it could be anything. So you can get more money in. Another great strategy that a lot of people miss is that the taxable components inside your super, and they are created through making a deductible contribution or money from your employer, that money coming into your super fund is treated as a taxable component under the water in your fund. So think a bit like an iceberg. I've got a million dollars in my super fund. You look at the million dollars in your assets. Under the water, the super fund says, well, part of that money is taxable and part of it's tax-free, depending on how it went into the fund. Now, mistake for young players here. You get hit by a bus, your super goes out of your account to your estate, and it goes to a non-dependent child. The taxable portion of super incurs a 17% tax liability. So if you've got a million dollars in there that has a taxable component, whilst it may come out to you as tax-free because you're over 60, and whilst it may not pay tax inside the pension because it's a tax-free structure, if you get hit by a bus, your kids are going to incur $170,000 of tax just transferring the money out of the super fund. Right. So this legislation is fantastic because you could actively look to try and recycle your components by using a withdrawal and recontribution strategy to fix the tax components of your fund. Now, it's a little heavy for a Friday afternoon, but I'm sure the next generation would be greatly appreciative mm-hmm. that mum and dad thought ahead of the game and saved a whole load of tax getting sucked out when they actually received their benefits out of super. What are the key things to remember when uh, we're subjecting ourselves to the work <laughs> test? It sounds like such a trial. Oh, look, it's, it's, it's actually a free kick. I think it's a, it's a wonderful change, um, and I think people will be able to future-proof the transfer of wealth They'll be able to maximise tax-free pension income in the future and they'll be able to get money working for them that may have been held up in bank accounts because you didn't know where else to put it or you were penalised because your taxable income was more than zero. Um, so I think this, this legislation is actually a great pass um, and there are a range of things that you can do. So I think, first of all, check your limits. This is not something you want to guess with because the penalties for getting this wrong can be quite severe. Um, do not exceed the individual caps, be them deductible, be them non-deductible, be it transfer balance cap, be it total super balance. If you don't know what they are, have a Google because it is an acronym-driven industry. Or ask your advisor. <laughs> or ask your advisor. Um, and, and get in touch with your accountant because if they're administering your self-managed super fund, for example, they will have a lot of this information recorded in their system that they will be able to get for you very quickly and very easily. Check your total super balance. This one is important because it will impact the amount of money you can put in. So just because the limit says you can do 110 a year or 330 in one go, 
check that that is available to you because you may have a horrible surprise after the fact. And if you have exceeded the caps, there can be some fairly significant penalties. Check that you can equalise the states. This is a great way to say if one person is over the transfer balance cap because a defined benefit pension like ComSuper, DFRDB or MSBS has prevented you from getting a tax-free pension or having tax-free earnings in a, in a personal super fund, look at withdrawing the money and making a contribution in a spouse's name so that you can get more tax-free income in retirement. Look at using this legislation to try and equalise uh, balances or increase the tax-free proportion of an existing super fund through a withdrawal and recontribution strategy. So some of these things you may or may not be aware of, um, but again, reach out to your accountant, reach out to your trusted advisor, ask the question because I can assure you that in the event that you both get hit by a bus, the children will very, very much appreciate mum and dad thinking ahead and avoiding tax to non-dependent children. So it's not something that a lot of people think of because it's my money, I'm going to spend it. And they think that proceeds to and from a spouse, which are tax-free no matter what, that's fantastic. But if unfortunately something happens or one of you predeceases the other and the money will go to the children, make sure you have the taxable components addressed in your fund and you also have your estate planning documentation in order for when the money does come out so that there's an equitable transfer of wealth and you can maximise the value to the next generation. So today's bottom line, if you are currently over 65 and the work test means you can't make contributions to your super... 67. Just, 67, sorry. Uh, and the current rules mean that you can't make a contribution to your super. Mm. Just wait till after the 1st of July. The Spot rules on. will change. Spot the on. new age limit will now be 75, yep. not 67. That's right. And you can use that bring forward under the age of 75, so you could make a 330 contribution, mm. other limits permitting. They haven't brought in a scaled reduction as you get closer to 75. So it is it is a wonderful piece of legislation that should really just get people thinking about what they've all, always done and look at ways that they can try and improve their position once this takes effect from 1 July. All right then, Luke, so where can l listeners get further information? Yeah, so if, look, if you're unsure you want to try and maximise this or you actually do want to try and reduce the taxable impact to your kids uh, on your super, 62604749. We've got envisionfinancial.com.au. We've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker, Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. And we've got the YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra, where we've got all of the shows. We've got the key takeouts. You can watch it on your phone. You don't have to read anything. And I think I do that for my benefit and everybody else's. Indeed. Luke, <laughs> we'll catch you again next Friday at See the next. usual time. See you next week, mate.